This is Off The Bench with Jason Matthews. A look back at the week in sport and the big interviews. Oh, it's been a massive week in sports on Sports Day with Sats and I. And we're going to relive some of those uh, big interviews. Mark Beretta will join us in just a sec as he uh, gives his thoughts on the Australian Test team and the captaincy and, and whatnot. And, of course, Bathurst is only a week away. So Barretts from Sunrise and Channel 7 uh, will join us in just a sec. And, of course, uh, Big Tino Fasua Malaawi uh, re-signed uh, with the Titans till the end of 2026. He's going to join us. And Sats and I started a brand-new segment on Sports Day uh, this week. It's called This Is Australia. And we wanted to share that segment with you because we reckon it's a beauty. So we'll get to that as well. But right now, so you see him on Sunrise every morning. Uh, you see him on the Supercars coverage too on Channel 7. He's pumped about Bathurst. Mark Beretta joined us. I want to talk two things with this man. And, geez, he's burning the candle at both ends, Sats. He gets up early. You see him on Sunrise on, on Channel 7. I saw him uh, walking down. Sparring pit. the cash cow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the cash cow, yeah. Uh, but also I, I, I saw him walking down Pit Lane the other day. Uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park with the supercars. No doubt he's heading to Bathurst. I've got a feeling he buried his beer about three months ago on the hill at Bathurst. <laughs> he's, going, he's going back to get into it. Mark Beretta, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Uh, g'day, Legends. Uh, good to be chatting to you. And, yes, buried three slabs this year. I've gone big time. Yeah, look, I, and you know what? We were talking off air about Bathurst, and you asked us the question, Brett, have we – ever been there. I haven't. I've always wanted to go because the idea of not showering for four days mm. and having beer for <laughs> breakfast, drink responsibly, absolutely suits my personality. Oh, God. Honestly, it's a, it's a magic place. It is so quintessentially Australian. I mean, it's Australian in a different way to the Melbourne Cup is Australian. It's just a, a different part of the country. Um, amazing people. You know, d- despite the things you hear about, you know, getting a bit wild up there 90 percent of the people are good family people that you know it's a bunch of blokes who maybe get together once a year and this is their big event and it's just a great spirit but the magic thing for me is when you drive over the hill into Bathurst you look up to the left and there's the big mount panorama up on the side of the hill and it honestly gives you goosebumps you know if you're born in this country and you, you get what this race is about it it's just it's the holy grail it's an amazing place to be and then you drive in the front gate you know, and, and the track's there in front of you and you can see, you know, Conrod Strait and you see the pits area and, and it's just, it's something special. I think for all of us, it just, you know, it just gets the heart pumping a little bit. Yeah, you love, you love your um, motorsport and we're actually asking our listeners tonight, what is their greatest Bathurst moment, right? What's the highlight? Because our, our listeners love going down memory lane. Barretts, what is, yeah. when, when I say Bathurst to you, which moment for you throughout the history of the event sticks out? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll string quickly through a few, but then I'll get to one beauty that I, I love. And that um, my my first one was 1997, and I went up there as a green-eyed little kid in a big red Channel Seven jacket, <laughs> and they sat me down next to a bloke called Peter Brock, the legend himself. And Brock, you just finished racing, and he joined the seven team. And to sit there with Brocky for me at Mount Panorama, I, I will never personally forget that moment. But but fast forward to same guy connection, but 2006, the year we lost Brocky. And uh, and Craig Lowndes went out there, and he and he and Jamie Wincup had teamed up, um, and they went out there first year with Triple Eight Racing, and Craig before the race uh, he had to go out there, and you know he was a, a big part of the Brocky 
celebrations. He drove, or, or commemorations, I should say. He drove one of Brocky's cars around the circuit and, and the crowd just roared as that car went around. Um, Craig got out of the car. He's in tears. He's highly emotional. He was due to start the race and uh, Roland Dane, the boss, said, mate, you, you need a break. Just sit out. I'll put Jamie in for the start. Craig said, no way. No, I, I need to do this. Gathered himself, got in the car. They went on and they won that race. And, and to me, the celebrations, Lounsey in tears, bawling his eyes out, holding the Peter Brock Trophy, the first time it had been awarded. For, that just gives me tingles now just thinking about it. But that was the greatest moment ever at the mountain for me. And it's hard because there have been some amazing moments. Who was it that won Bathurst one year, Brett, and said stuff is all in the after the race? <laughs> Jim Richards. It was to <laughs> Jimmy Richards. Yeah, Jim Richards, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He, he drove the Nissan. Remember, he drove the Nissan, and the Holden and Ford vans just tore him to shreds. That's right. Um, and he got he got, he got up there with a little little bloke called Mark Scaife at the time, and a uh, little Scaife didn't know where to look. <laughs> Jimmy's just unloaded. He's unloaded on the crowd. It was incredible, but it's a great moment in um, in Australian sporting history. Yeah, oh, I, the fans to get stuff. I love the theatre of of Bathurst finishing off the the supercars season. Are you the same? Mm. Oh, I couldn't be more excited. It's an amazing, amazing situation because we're used to it being in October, which is great. Um, but this is something special. You know, to end the season, and now the championship is done, the pressure is off. Shane Van Gisbergen's got that out of the way. And, and now everyone races for one thing, for Bathurst. Park the championship, doesn't matter, that's done. Now we race for Bathurst. And that's the first time that's ever happened. And to do it at the end of the year... You know, from here on in, the cars can go into a scrap pile for a few months and they can eventually be rebuilt for next year. But, you know, they're going to go hell for leather. I think it just, the full focus is on winning that Peter Brock trophy. And I just love it. You know, I think it's such a unique thing. We haven't had it before. And I, I hope it happens again because I think it's, it's pretty special. Does having Bathurst at the end also, Brett, is it, is it sort of two championships in one season? And what I mean by that is Shane Van Gisbergen, mm. uh, he's won the supercars. But then to win Bathurst is completely separate. So it's it's a yep. little bit like dead rubbers in in uh, in some sports where you're you're playing for nothing. But for Bathurst being that last event, it's a whole different. It's thing. a whole completely different landscape, isn't oh, it? A, a, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you know, in many ways, often I mean Bathurst, yeah, it is part of the championship. But boy, it is a jewel in a crown. You know, there's no doubt about it. Every driver, I tell you, in round one, wherever that starts off from, well, it did start in Bathurst this year, but. But round one, they are thinking Bathurst. You know, every driver in the country and so many drivers around the world want to get to that place and get a car around that place and have that experience because it's such a unique track. And if you're a racing car driver that's grown up in this country, there's only one thing you want to do, and, and that's win at Bathurst. You know, and I think every driver maybe has a different weighting on the championship versus Bathurst, but I guarantee you all of them will tell you the one thing they want to achieve in their career is to, to win a Bathurst 1000. Now you're a driver yourself. Uh, what's the what's the highest speed you've got up to coming down the hill and into the straight? <laughs> uh, well, not with me driving, which is probably better. I went around a couple of years ago um, with Mark Webber, which was unbelievable. Okay. I've, I've been with a lot of drivers, but the the craftsmanship of Webber um, were, just blew me away. I mean, because I think it comes from the fact that he is so used to speed. Um, so we we clicked. I think we were. We were just under, because uh, I'm fairly heavy, so I slowed us down a bit. But uh, we were, I reckon we were tipping, we were nudging 290k oh, down wow. Conrad's boat. That's frightening. And, yeah, which is an unbelievable, it is, actually, it is actually flying. It feels like you're flying. You know, it, you've got bounce. And the interesting thing then is when you get on the brakes, because we all, we all know, 
it's easy to go fast and it's really hard to stop. Um, so, you know, getting on the brakes and, and dealing with that is phenomenal. But, yeah, that, that ride with Weber was good. I re- went round once uh, a couple of years ago with David Reynolds, who went off the track, which was the first time I'd been off the track. Uh, we <laughs> came down Conrad Strait too fast and went straight into the pit there. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting experience. Um, but, uh, no, look, magic place and, you know, the speed's there and, and what you can achieve there is incredible. But I think my, my fastest time on a track ever was I once jumped on the back of Mick Doohan at Phillip Island. Nice. And uh, was it by 10 times the scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah. You've got no cage, you've got no seatbelts. <laughs> All you have is you hang on around Mick. And um, we did 300 k's an hour down the main straight no. of Phillip Island. And I honestly thought I was going to die. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's, no, it, so you can imagine the wind at that speed is unbelievable. So, yeah, that was Mick, uh, Mick's taking me somewhere I've never been and never want to go again. <laughs> hey, what did you think of the four <laughs> weeks in a row at SMP? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I, I thought it did so many good things. Remember, you know, we, we were down on rounds for the year. There hadn't been enough rounds in the year. So, you know, the drivers really wanted to, they wanted to get their teeth into it. And it just gave them something really special because the team's got to, I mean, you think we don't go to the same track or rarely, apart from this year, we've started Bathurst, finished Bathurst. You never in the same season go back to the same track. So every time you, you come to a track, you're readjusting and getting set. Here they really bedded in, and I think it showed in the racing. I think we saw some fantastic racing as a result. You know, the drivers really dialed in. Uh, we saw new guys come come and break through, like Will Brown, young Will Brown, with a that. phenomenal story for Erebus. Wow, look, it just, just blew them away. Anton Di Pasquale, you know, wow. You know, hasn't he shown how fast he can be? Um, mm. All a, re- a result, I reckon, of just being able to, to settle in and dial in and work the car and tweak it, adjust this, change that, and just get it right to the sweet spot. And the drivers as well, just, just being so at home on that track. And I reckon by the end of it, you know, we were just seeing some great racing, and particularly the night races were a huge success. The racing under lights was phenomenal. I, I reckon there is a um, – I, I don't know. I'm still sitting on the fence when it comes to four weeks at SMP. So I was worried that the, the rich teams could have their cars finely tuned, that they'd win weekend, race in, race out. But Will Brown broke that. And the way that he, he, he raced and had those two Red Bull cars right up his clacker and still managed to win that mm. race. My highlight of the four weeks was Van Gisbergen and Wing Cup. I mean, what was going on there, Brett? Yeah. I um, mean, Wing Cup's, the, well, okay. Wing Cup's the boss next year. <laughs> well, obviously Shane forgot that. Yeah, <laughs> he thought he was just another driver. It was unreal. I mean, who treats their boss like that? Just punch him up on the track and try and put him off. Incredible. Um, but that's Shane, the racer. You know, he he doesn't know any other anything else. No, he he gets white line missed and he just <laughs> races. And and if you're in the way, you're off. You know, boss or no boss. Yeah. So that was fantastic. But it just showed uh, to me it showed the integrity of the championship and the integrity of the series. You know, if you get on that track. You're going to race, and if you don't like it, I'll kick you off, you know, or someone yeah. will get you off. Um, you mentioned Will Brown, fantastic boys. I would be putting him in your top three for Bathurst. He's teamed up with Jack Perkins. Their car is fast. They are two gung-ho young guys, and, and Jack's a quality driver as well. I reckon they're a real shot for a podium spot. Um, and you, you talk about different guys coming up. Tim Slade coming back in. You know, yeah. James Courtney burst up there at times as well. It was just great to see... I think the way that the playing field actually levelled up, you know, I get what you're saying about over those four weeks, you worry about the, the big teams pulling away, but it actually worked the opposite way. You know, you yeah. saw guys who you hadn't seen for a while up the front force their way back up and, and new faces emerge. And it was, you know, to me, that was, that was a really special four weeks. It was great to watch. And every week was different. You know, it was never a, really, never a procession. Now, for Channel 7, it's an exciting, exciting period uh, at, the end of, at the end of the year because 
after Bathurst, Channel 7 goes straight into the ashes. Well, actually, funny you should say that that night, so we have Bathurst during the day. That night, the Big Bash kicks off as well yep. with the Sydney Derby and then, then the, the ashes. ashes. Now, the, the, the Tim Payne saga, Barrett's, from a, a broadcaster's perspective, must be licking your lips, Dan. Does this latest fiasco create a, an even spicier Ashes series from a, a promotional perspective? Yeah, it, 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 look, it, it, unfortunately it does. And, and you know, it, a terrible thing. And, and not the last thing we want to see. But I think there, there, was, there was a point where maybe, you know, being the home side and, and we, you know, we're on a, a reasonably good run and we'd come off the World Cup in great shape that, you know, maybe we, we had the front running there. I, I reckon this has just wound us back a little bit because um, it will destabilise the team. And, and whether Tim Payne plays or not, it is just going to be a distraction to the side. They're going to be asked about it in the press conference, you know. Um, it, it's 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 not ideal, and it certainly brings us back a little bit more level with England, and and they'll be the ones keeping their heads down and and licking their lips until their next saga comes up. But um, yeah, look, it it certainly brings focus onto the Ashes, whatever they do. I know it's something that Cricket Australia, you know, obviously they don't want it. It's been a, a headache and a nightmare for them, and it, mm. and a horrible mess. But um, you know, it, you're right. It, from a from a promotion point of view, it certainly brings attention onto cricket and the Australian captaincy. Yeah. Are we missing something, Brett? I mean, you probably know more than what we do. On the, on the whole Tim Payne thing, you know, he was cleared by mid-2018, and this, this occurred in 2017, and we've said all week, no way do we support his actions. And I think the most important thing yep. for Tim now is probably to be with his family. Um, that's probably the most important thing. But he was cleared. Why is it now, in 2021, not okay? What are we yeah. missing? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, it, and it comes back to, unfortunately, badly handled by Cricket Australia. And, um, you know, remember, it was all, that's, this all happened in the change of administration. There's been a big, big change of administration since then. But it's, um, yeah, it, look, it, it's a really, it's a bad, it's a sour situation. It's, it's a bitter thing. Um, but I, you, you make some good points. Um, it, Tim Payne is a very different person, obviously, now and, and his role and how he's developed. And I'd say he's probably stepped up and grown more than anyone in that team in the last four or five years. Um, so, you know, gee, do, do, you, do you smash him now when he's, he's moved past that, he's dealt with it? From his personal side, his family have dealt with it. So, you know, who are we, the public, to then, to then you know, crucify him for it? Well, the reality is, as Australian captain, I, I don't think you can go on in, in, in that situation with that behind you because it is such an important role and it, it does, you know, it's a question of integrity and clean record, and we know that. We've seen it in the past. Um, as, a, as a player, did he still have the right to play? I'd yeah, say what are your possibly thoughts? so because, um, I, look, I, my, my feeling is yes. I think, he, you know, as a player, uh, we're looking at the moment in, in this team, we need the best players we can. We've taken the captaincy off him, but, you know, we know he's moved on and come a long way. It's really complicated, and everybody's got an opinion. For me, if he's good enough and he earns his spot in that team, he can play. Yeah. I mean, what's the? What, I mean, our listeners this week have been heavily involved with it, and they've. What do you reckon, Sats? Eighty twenty in favour of Tim Payne? Oh, uh, probably more so. Probably more so. Yeah. I mean, I think mm. if you yeah. ran it, if you ran it, you know, in any pub in Australia, I think a lot of people probably support Tim Payne because I think he's he's banked a lot of credits with cricket fans by getting us out of that whole sandpaper gate with with Justin Langer. And and putting mm. cricket Australia at least in a better position than it was when when, when he took over. So I don't know. I think a lot mm. of the fans yep. would like to see him, and and definitely a lot of the players. Even Nathan Lyon today coming out and saying, you know, he's hoping Tim Payne's in that first Test team. 
Yeah, I think that there's a big feeling amongst the playing group that they want him there, and, and rightly so. You know, he, he has cemented his spot there. Um, as you say, he's put some good credits in the bank. I mean, getting us out of out of Sandpaper Gate and rebuilding that team. And, and I know, yeah, there were a lot of people involved in it, and, and guys like Steve Waugh who who pitched back in and helped rebuild the integrity of that group. But they did it. You know, that playing group did it, and mm. they did the hard work, and they rebuilt Australian cricket and, and made it a, a fortress and, you know, just an Im- impressive bastion once again. And I just think, yeah, there, there's got to be some credit in that. And then you, you think back and you think, okay, well, yeah, all this happened and it happened those years ago and it, Cricket Australia were aware, aware of it. Um, you know, it's really hard. I, I think sad, yeah, lose the captaincy. I, I, I get that. But um, I, I'm probably with most people in the pub. I think, you know, he, the bloke can play. Hopefully we'll find out who the skipper is real soon. I, I'm guessing Paddy Cummins, right? Yeah, yep. I think that's pretty much a, a done deal, and he's just just working through the process and making sure in his own mind that that he's comfortable and you know just I guess do, doing his due diligence, just understanding exactly you know what what is will be required. And I mean, it's a big time to step in on the eve of an Ashes too. Absolutely. You know, a lot to take on because Absolutely. You know, uh, there's a there's a thing called the uh, English uh, Fleet Street Press <laughs> who will just uh, be after you a million miles now. And, and where do you want to take that on? Because it's you know, it's a big thing to take on. So. Um, but I think he's up to it. I think he, you know, he's a sharp operator and he, he's a smart mind, and I, I think he'll do really well. And I, I sort of like the idea that we, you know, we give Steve Smith a, a rest this time around. And I don't think there's any doubt that one day Steve Smith will be skipper again. But All you know, right. just just let him keep rebuilding and doing his thing. All right, Mark Beretta, Brett's from Sunrise Channel Seven. He'll be working on the cricket. You'll see him in Bathurst, uh, walking up and down pit lane. You'll see uh, him aged about 25 years by about February. <laughs> That's what you'll see. Do you get any time, do you <laughs> any time off? But, do they, what, what's going on at seven? Uh, nah, look, it, it, look, it's such a good time. You guys know what it's like. The yeah. sporting calendar, you used to get a break after footy season. Now there'd be a good break between yeah. footy and cricket season. Um, now, obviously, for me, it's supercars. Um, I'll go and do some stuff with the cricket. Uh, I've got Bathurst, obviously, coming up. Uh, I've got Sydney Hobart to do. And then um, start of February, we're off to Beijing for the Winter Olympics. Of course. Um, and then you come home and footy season's off and running again. Then the middle of the year, June, July, we're off to Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. So, hey, boys, no complaints. Loving it. So yeah. <laughs> just, just trying to live the dream while I can. Oh, mate, and we saw you in Tokyo as well. So you have been busy, mate. Mark Beretta from Channel 7. Uh, watch the Ashes on 7 this year. The Big Bash, of course, and Bathurst. You can see it all on the screens of 7. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. Hey, thanks for the chat, boys. Appreciate it. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Here's Tino Fasua Malawi again. And Fasua Malawi is through. Oh, shut the gates. Tino Fasua Malawi. Too big, too fast. Too strong. Ah, uh, certainly is. Tino Fasua Malaawi <laughs> joining us now on Sports Day. Tino, congrats on the new contract, mate, with the Titans. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, very good that I'm here in the Gold Coast for the next few years. Yeah, you're a proud, gimpy lad uh, just north of, of Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. And So outside of the dollars, Tino, and you, it was always going to be um, it's always going to fall in your favour from a dollar, dollar point of view. You're only 21 years of age. What convinced you this was the right decision to stay? Um, just, you know, the first reason why I came here was, um, you know, the, the group that we had here, you know, it was a, very young, but, you know, there's a lot of potential there. And I really wanted to 
you know, form combinations with them and hopefully be a powerhouse in the one day. And and that's that was my main reason. And um, and yeah, and that's why I resigned again is because. I'm really excited for the future. I'm hoping um, we do become a powerhouse and get to hold that trophy out one day. Actually, I noticed uh, Justin Holbrook has been quoted as saying, Tino is not just a great player, he's a great person. He, uh, he's only entering his second pre-season here at the Titans, but he's already made a huge impact on the players, the staff and everyone involved in our club. Uh, that's a massive rap. Yeah, no, it is. It's um, it's awesome to be here, you know, be able to hear words like that, especially from your head coach. And um, yeah, I just sort of, you know, be me around the club and just sort of respect everyone on the same level. And um, and that's another reason why I love um, the Gold Coast Titans and why I signed just be a part of all the good people and hopefully we bring success here. What is it you love about Justin Holbrook? Uh, you know, he's just down the earth. You know, he's down the earth and he's just. He loves footy. He loves footy. You know, he's out there kicking the ball with us during the preseason, and even jumps in and does some running with us. So, he just his whole life is about footy, and you know, he cares for us and just generally wants us to get better as a person and as a footy player. And and that's what you want in the coach. And um, and like you know, that's the reason why I've signed here, just to you know form a better relationship and. Yeah, like I said before, hopefully get some success success at the back of it. Well, Tino, I think we all, doesn't matter what club um, you support, we all love watch what you do on the field. I love your attributes and still only 21 year, years <laughs> of age. You're nowhere near knowing exactly what rugby league is about. There's still another three or four years of you learning the game. But in your, if you look at your own game yourself, where can you improve in your game? Because at the moment, from the outside looking in, you seem to have everything. Uh, no, nah, I don't know about that, but uh, I've got a lot of work. I've got a lot of work, you know, and that's with defence and attack. There's, there's that many things I could name that I need to improve in, and that's why I'm working so hard during the preseason with the coaches and the players and myself just to um, improve on them areas slightly, you know, and just get better every year and just um, learn the game even more, like you said. And, yeah, it's hard to just nullify one but because um, there's that many of them. You know, there's that many that I need to improve in. But, um, yeah, and that's what preseason's for, I guess, and experience. Not everyone wants to captain a side. Do you see yourself one day being a leader? Oh, you're a leader anyway, but having that C next to your name, is that something you see yourself in your career? Yeah, definitely. You know, hopefully in the future, you know, I do get to be able to say that I'm a captain and, you know, and that'd be awesome. You know, it'd be awesome to be an NRL captain and I'd love that, but... You know, it's not really my main focus at the moment. You know, like I've got a lot of improvement in my game and I've got a lot of um, things to learn before I can really think about um, being a captain because I've got to make sure that I'm on 100% for the boys and, you know, for my family, for everyone before I accept that. But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, hopefully in the future I do get to get that. And um, but I've got a lot of hard work before then. You've mentioned that uh, Sonny Bill is your hero, Sonny Bill Williams, of course. Have you had much to do with him, Tino? Uh, no, no, nothing, to be honest. I just um, I just watch his highlights and just, you know, watch him on, you know, on the sideline there. And it's, um, it's pretty awesome. And I love it because I looked up to him a lot growing up and still do. And, yeah, hopefully one day I get to be able to meet him because that will be um, pretty amazing. <laughs> hey, um, what about this forward pack next year for the Titans? Mo Fodawaika? Staying with the Titans as well, I think he's an outstanding signing as well. I mean, he was he was one of the best yeah. players. He was one of the, as a Blues supporter, he was one of the best players for Queensland. I thought in Origin, uh, Jared Wallace, if he ever gets back to training, um, 
Can I just give you a little bit of a, a heads up? We work with Jared as well a bit on the radio. He, he's been having a good yeah. time, Tino. He's been in a good paddock. A very good way. paddock. He's got a very strong right arm yeah. from lifting cans. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, any yeah, advice? Uh, I saw him today and I, he was definitely, um, he's been in a good paddock. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do you go, how do you go with the fat test? What's that called? The uh, Skinfold. How do you go with the skinfold? Did they have to bring in extra machinery? Ah, oh, they might do it with him. Nah, nah, he's all right. He's looking good. Um, he should be all sweet. <laughs> now, as I said earlier on, Tino, you're um, you're from Gympie. Did you get back up to Gympie over the off season? Yeah, I did a little bit. I did a little bit when I saw mum and dad back home and went up for a few things. But um, yeah, no, it was good. I loved it. It's always good going back. You on a farm up there? Yeah, yeah, we own a farm out there. But at the moment, my mum and dad live in. Uh, in Gympie, obviously, but our farm's out in Widgee. So, yeah, that's about half an hour inland. And um, they're not living there at the moment, but we still own it. Yeah, nice. in Gympie at the moment. Now, the Gold Coast Titans, you've played in a side that is in the top four and has gone on to, to win a premiership at such a young age. So how can the Gold Coast be a top four side? we just got to be consistent in all areas of our game, you know. And, you know, last year there was a lot of games there where, you know, we were up by a fair bit at half time and we, you know, gave it away and that's one of our main focuses this year is to be relentless with our defence so we can, you know, win them games at the end and play a whole good eighty minutes. And um, you know, and I think it's good going into this preseason, you know, forming better combinations, getting to know each other. But for me I think it's just a lot of areas, you know, defence, attack, but we're definitely heading in the right direction. I know that preseason for you and a lot of the players haven't started yet that yeah, they, they try and section off when certain players start. But is is there a player that we don't see a lot of, still maybe playing NRL, but is there a player that's just out of the box, someone in 2022 you feel as though that we're going to know a lot more about? Um, oh, it's, it's hard to just name one because I think, you know, a lot of people, well, a lot of boys at the club have been training, you know, very good. And um, I think, you know, I think Aaron Clark, Aaron Clark's yep. up there, he's been training very good. Paddy Herbert, there's a lot of boys. A lot of boys came back a good nick this year and gives us a step ahead than we were last year. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of boys with a lot more experience that are going to um, step up in 2022. Tino, before we let you go, one of our listeners, Mark in Sydney, has texted through on 0457 736 736 and says, guys, please ask Tino if Patrick Herbert is talking to Corey Thompson yet. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No, they've been speaking for a while. Right? That's footy, you know, things happen. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Mate, congratulations on that contract. It's good to see some loyalty. I really like it. And, and I love the reason why you've re, um, re-signed for the Titans because you want to finish. You've, you're staying with the club because you, you, you want to continue on why you went there in the first place. And I love that, Tino. For, for a man who's only 21 years of age to think like that, it's great to have that loyalty in rugby league, and congratulations, mate. No, thank you very much. Thank oh, hang you on. Very much. And before we let you go, there's one more question. Did Tino ever play for oh, the yeah. Gimpy Stingers? No, no. Oh, there's only been Gimpy uh, Devils growing up. Stingers, I've never heard that one before. Oh, knowing our listeners, what time is it? They're probably on the cans. Yeah, it's, now, so, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's well after knock-off time, mate. Yeah, well, we'll have to check out that one out <laughs> as well. Tino, congratulations to you and the Titans, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. 
that. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. He's so good to talk to, isn't he? Oh, he's just got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, I remember talking to a couple of the Melbourne players about him. They said, yeah, even though he was 19 at the time, they felt as though that he he played in someone else's body in another universe because he just has this mature head on his shoulders. He's a tremendous trainer. He talks about Sonny Bill Williams. And now, Sonny Bill Williams, when he came back to rugby league at the Roosters, he had these training techniques and pre- it's all about preparation. And some of those still live at the Roosters today. So many players learnt so many great habits off him. I've heard the same about Tino at the Gold Coast Titans. There's so many players that are learning great habits off him and what he bought from Melbourne from a training perspective. What about what his coach had to say about him? Well, yeah, gee, wouldn't yeah. you love that? He's just a tremendous. He's just yeah. a tremendous young man, and uh, we can get a, you know a lot of professional sports men and women who can who can. Um, be prima donnas, mm. but this kid never knocks back an interview. Absolutely. He respects where he comes from. He's great. Yeah, he's a tremendous uh, asset to rugby league. Yep. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Time for win win sats. Back and lay bet for winter bottom stakes with Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. My, my win-win is that uh, you've just ex- disclosed that you are going on holidays in a couple of weeks. So the win is that <laughs> you're you're going, yeah, which is a win for me because I actually don't have to listen to your your rubbish mm-hmm. day in, day out. The other win is for the listeners. Why, why is it a win for the listeners? Well, they don't get to fall asleep when you talk. They don't. You're a great cure for insomnia. That's that's not true. And so there's a win-win right we there. Know, we know when I joined this show, it improved. Mm. Out of sight. Debatable. Well, no, I can tell you by the texts we're getting. Yep. We get them now. <laughs> you know, and I'm just saying, if I left this show, you'd be in trouble. Listeners, help. <laughs> 0457 736 736. Now, you and Badge will be doing Have you got a show. win-win? Yeah, I have. Uh, Bulldogs and Canberra have both had wins in this situation. I think uh, Nick Cottridge. Cottrich as well. Cottrick. Cottrick has also mm. had a, a win as well. Uh, the Bulldogs on their signing frenzy, as we know today, picked up uh, Reed Marnie. 2023, yeah. They've got to let people go because mm. this uh, salary cap sombrero. Oh, so now the Bulldogs are going to sombrero. They're the new roosters. Okay, yeah. New roosters, without a doubt. Well, they've got to let some players go because they can't fit everyone under the salary cap. I think I read today. They've got to fit eight players under about a million bucks left in the salary cap. Mm. Well, they'll yeah. all be development players playing for minimum wage and development. Well, it fees. goes up to 120 grand sats. Mm. So there it is there. So so uh, the belief is Nick Cottrick will be going back to the Raiders. Yep. So it's a, a win for the Bulldogs because they've picked up Reed Marnie. Yep. Uh, a win for Raiders because they get their man Nick Cottrick back yep. as well. And a win for Nick. Mm. He gets to go back to... The club he loves, which is the Raiders. So that's a win-win-win. Absolutely. How's that sound? They get to keep Josh Hodgson. So Did you just yawn? A little bit more. Well, that's what I said. You, you're a cure for insomnia. You're, you're a cure for insomnia. So. Did someone say KFC? Betfair is the home of back and lay betting for Winterbottom Stakes. Check out our markets online or via the app. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
Yep, it's our new segment called This Is Australia. Only this stuff could happen in Australia. We should, we should do only in New Zealand and just have a crack at the Kiwis. Well. I mean, I'm married to one, so I'm allowed to. Yeah. Mm. Um, I went shopping with her today. My wife? Yeah. Yep. She was hanging around my change room. Mm. And that was, I was worried. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was a bit worried. I walked down and went, what are you doing here? Move. <laughs> anyway. Uh, where were we? Yeah, this is uh, a new segment on yep. our show where we where we talk about uh, things that can, well, only happen in Australia, yeah. really. All right. So do you want to kick it off, Sats? Okay. Um, a self-confessed unhinged ex-girlfriend has revealed he- the, the length she went to um, putting Instagram stories up just for her ex to uh, just just to prove to him what she was doing post-relationship and how exciting her life was. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so she'd uh, even hide in her wardrobe with lights off to pretend she was in a nightclub. She uh, revealed – she's now revealing, like, all her embarrassing tactics. Uh, one of the photos of herself shows her in a short black dress. Oh, nice. Uh, heels, yep. apparently about to hit the town and go to a club. And then she really explained what was going on. It was New Year's Eve 2018, and she didn't even go out that night. Oh. She put the outfit on, jewellery, makeup, put on heels – took the photo, put it up on Instagram. She blocked all of her friends from this message. So it just went to the ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah got it. And then she went downstairs and sat with her mum and her sister on New Year's Eve. This is Australia. Is that just an Australian thing, though? Like, or was that yeah, just sad? Yeah. That's Australia. I mean, hanging out I could see that being an American thing also, but I'm saying Australia. Hanging out in a... In your... Actually, that's what we should do. What? Only in America? Did this happen in Australia or did it happen in America? Make oh. a choice. All right. Did this one happen? No, no it's these called, are all Australia. No, no, it's called This Is Australia. Okay. We're leaving it that. Yep. We should do another one called Living in America mm. with James Brown. Living in America. Remember that one? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and Austra- we'll just cover off so many countries, couldn't we? Can we do El Salvador <laughs> as well? <laughs> you won't believe what happened this week in Kazakhstan. <laughs> we'll be another set with Borat. An Australian sexuality expert. Now, where are these people from? Like, what, what is a sexuality expert? Well, someone who's... Exper- to identify who another gender identifies with. What? Is that it? So a sexuality expert. Like, are they the expert in sex or what sexuality you are? Who do you identify with? They identify with your sexuality. How do they become an expert in that? Oh, I don't know. Okay, sorry. I, I Go online, even... read articles. Yep. yep. Check out websites. I, I don't know, mate. I don't even think it was a thing. Well, it's your story, so you should need to have a little bit more behind it. Anyway, this moron, who's an Australian sexuality expert, says you should ask your baby's permission before you change their nappy. Yes, you heard right. I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Of course, the baby's not going to respond. Yes, Mum, that's awesome. I'd love to have my nappy changed. But if you leave a space and wait for body language and wait to make eye contact, then you're letting that child know that their response matters. This is Australia. If you leave that space... Did someone say KFC? If you leave that space... Yes. The baby will crap all over you or maybe vomit. All over the wall. Yeah. That is ridiculous. No, this is not that segment. That's ridiculous. No, this is Australia. That's you should an be Australian. throwing this is an Australia and also Oprah and also... Two. Come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah. What? <laughs> Did someone say KFC? <laughs> it's Kyla Jackson. <laughs> Kim what, Miller wasn't there. What do you think, Actually, uh, Quentin de Kock? 
Actually, funny you should use yes. the horse one. Um, oh. Because a Queensland woman has been placed on probation after riding her horse drunk to a drive through bottle shop. I told you, I, I, I told you that it wouldn't be Australia. Yeah, Sh- yeah Shemaine <laughs> Maguire, she blew more than four times over the limit when she refused service at the Logan City Tavern earlier this month. Mm-hmm. She's the dis- uh, disability pensioner. Tried to ride a horse through the, the drive through bottle shop to buy more wine. She had no idea she was breaking the law. So uh, you can't ride an animal. You can't be in control. Yeah, you can't be in of control. Of an animal. Yeah, absolutely. What if I'm walking my it's dog? A form, it's a form of transport. Okay, what if I'm walking my dog? No, it's not a form of transport. What if I'm on a skateboard? Yep. And my dog's dragging me? Yep. No, I can't do it. So she didn't know she was breaking the law mm. by riding her, her horse Skippy after uh, <laughs> drinking, and she's done it many times before. Not only has she ridden her horse through quite a few bottleos and never been refused service, she's never been refused service on her horse at the pub either. This is Australia. That's old school. That is great. She gets off the I horse, spits out some tobacco. Yep. There's tumbleweed. Just puts the <laughs> puts the lead rope just around the at the front of the bar. Oh, this was in Logan. Yeah. Pushes yeah. the saloon doors open. Everyone in the in the bus stops <laughs> and looks back at the saloon. They go, ah, it's just Charmaine. She's coming from Mor- Morgoon. <laughs> Rightio. Uh, mine well, involved, actually, I've got one no, more. No one really interviewed Skippy about oh. this, about what he thinks of it. <laughs> no. Skippy? No. I don't, oh. Skippy was the horse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much going on. Seriously. What's your other one? My last one yep. is, uh, how's this segment going, by the way? 0457 736 736. This is called This Is Australia. Just want to let you know that. Things that can only happen in Australia. An alleged drunk driver almost crashed at a Macca's drive through right in front of hungry police. This is Australia. Surprise, surprise, police are at McDonald's. That was Scott Sattler, by the way, uh, saying that. So, mm. mate, I hope you get followed home by the police tonight, not me. Well, I won't be because I'll all be at the Macca's drive through so what you happened? can't say that. What happened with this drunk driver? Southern Traffic Operations Unit officers were on their meal break mm. and waiting in line at the popular takeaway joint when they observed a vehicle almost rear-end another car in front. All of us have done that. At the drive through Yeah. I've never done that. Mm. Really? Yep. You must be hungry. Constable Daggis. What? This is Australia. Approached the driver, this is my favourite bit, who appeared intoxicated and advised him to collect his food before parking clear of the drive through lane. Oh. This is Australia. So Remember you get that? the food first. Yeah. Make sure you get the food. Then drive away. Yeah. With your... Because he wanted him to get the food first because he wanted to get his food. Yeah. You can't hold up a copper with their food sats. Yeah. Does he... He's got a bit of a... He's got a bit of a defence there, hasn't he? He has. When the police ask him to drive the vehicle yes. that he's in control of, yep. clear of the drive-through. Absolutely. Yeah. wonder what he ordered. Mm. <laughs> oh. Would have been an Angus burger. Yeah, on oh, a Big Mac meal. There you go. That's our brand new segment called... What do you give it out of 10? Eight out of 10, I like it. You like it? Yeah, it's a pass for me. I think I speak on behalf of all the listeners. You reckon? Eight out of ten. Mm. Mm. 
This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Now on Off The Bench, time for a Racing Queensland update with Chris Nelson. The Tab Queensland Summer Racing Carnival has arrived. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yes, the Summer Racing Carnival is well and truly into full swing, Chris Nelson. And it's a big bumper week of racing around Queensland next week. Yes, Jase, we've got a massive meeting at, uh, at Doombin on Saturday the 4th. We have a couple of interesting country cups or country uh, uh, races that have been going on. Well, they're the finals of races that have been going on for some months now out in the, uh, the non-TAB areas. The Country Cups Challenge Final are over 1,600 metres. And we also have the Country Stampede Final over 1,110 metres. And I can tell you, those fields are already out. So if you want to have a look on Racing Australia or or racingqueensland.com.au, you'll see those fields there uh, for the uh, Country Cups Challenge and the Country Stampede Final. And also, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of other good races coming up on the day. The George Moore Stakes is the Group 3 over 1,200 metres. We'll see plenty of horses that went around in the uh, the Keith Nowd a couple of weeks ago. So... And some extras thrown in as well. So that's a, a very important stepping stone for some of these uh, summer carnival races. In fact, I shouldn't say it's a stepping stone. It's a really good race within itself, a Group 3. So the George Moore, we've got the winning Rupert for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings. We've got the Mode Stakes for the three-year-old Phillies. The Eagle Way, uh, the three-year-olds getting up in distance to 2,000 metres. And many other races, a two-year-old race and a good quality uh, open race as well on the card. So a massive day coming up at Doombin. It feels like it's Christmas Day every day in racing now, doesn't it? With all these great <laughs> races, these great events happening, prize money galore. Well, well, it's the summer. I mean, Queensland Summer Carnival used to be good, but now it's uh, it's so much better. There's just such a more of a focus being put on the carnival, prize money, the quality of the racing. I mean, we've got, what, a nine-week lead-up from when it starts right through to, to Magic Millions Day on the oh, 15th no. of January, which, of course, is, is huge. It's, you know, $10 million in prize money. So it just gets better and better every single year, the Summer Carnival. It's, uh, it's you know, right up there with the Winter Carnival. Some people say it's better. And, you know, I, I could be one of those people, but I'm not saying yay or no. Are we getting a flat uh, for, the, um, for the Magic Millions Carnival, mate? Is it our schoolies? Uh, well, I'm coming to stay with you, so uh, I'm in your hands. Sweet. Sweet. All right. It'll <laughs> we'll go well in my one-bedroom apartment that I've downsized to. Yeah, uh, the tab, maybe I won't. <laughs> the Tab Queensland Summer Racing Carnival has arrived. Head to queenslandsummercarnival.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Jase. That's it for Off the Bench for another weekend. We better go. Uh, Sports Day, back with Sats and I on Monday night. We'll catch you then. See ya.